Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to an episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, helping you whip your business into shape. And today I have with me Jeff Fitzer. Now, I've been hearing his name uh, for quite a few months now, actually, before I had first met him. And then I got the opportunity to go see Jeff present about social media uh, at a networking event a few months ago. And I absolutely fell in love with his style and what he was sharing and the information. I knew I had to get him on the show. So I reached out to him and here he is today. So Jeff Fitzer has become a video and social media expert through his execution and results. He is a regional VP with USAA Mortgage sorry, USA Mortgage, (laughs) where his primary role is business development through coaching, teaching, and hosting industry events to bring value to the real estate industry with the goal of elevating brands through video and social. This expertise has led to the co-founding of several platforms, including Drunk on Social, Business Video School, and Real Estate Mastery Pros. Each unique platform is now providing high level and a much needed education and training of innovative and specialized skills in the industry and beyond. His passion for these strategies has resulted in five times growth in his mortgage business with a steady stream of opportunities and conversations always happening. Jeff is the host of the Lab Coat Lab Coat Agents podcast and co-host the Social Genius podcast with Tristan Ahumada. I hope I said that right. <laughs> he consults and collaborates with numerous real estate industry companies and was labeled as a top 30 video influencer across the USA and Canada by BombBomb. Jeff looks most forward to continuing to innovate and teach social media and video strategies to the world to help more brands and businesses grow and attract more business. Jeff, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. That was that was a long, probably overdone intro. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. But I, it, I wanted to have you on because one of the big questions that I get from a lot of my coaching clients who come to me to work with them, with them on their direct sales business has to do around social media. How to show up on social media? What's the right practices? What's the right thing to do? How do I, how do I get around the algorithm and all that fun stuff? And Frankly, I don't know because I don't live in the world of social media the way you do. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's why I had to get you on here. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's really kind of how all of this came about. Actually, I was doing, you know, so you mentioned the mortgage space, which is funny because I'm really removed from it anymore, and I really spend most of my time doing all this stuff. But everything that I'm doing essentially makes it rain on the businesses, and then it has created all these other other these other business opportunities. But where this started for me was, you know, I started doing video before many were doing it, 2016-ish. And, you know, people were looking at me like, you know, what are you doing? Because I, I quickly started doing video to where 
it was boring me. It was, it was right at the dawn of Facebook Live. Nobody really knew what to do with it yet. So I just started doing talking head stuff and, and sharing things that were mortgage related. And I was thinking, man, this is boring. If it's boring for me, it's got to be boring for my audience. And then I started doing things with my kids. And I remember one of the, the particular stories was one of my daughters, she's now 19. She was making slime and selling it on Etsy. She's my little entrepreneurial kid. And I'm like, let's go live and just like share with the audience, you know, what you're doing, show them how you make slime, tell them where they can go buy it just for fun. And the video just performed really, really well. And thousands of thousands of views and hundreds of comments. And it just, it was like that light bulb moment of like, this is what people want. They just want, they want things that, that are relatable, things that, that is, that brings a connection to us. And I'm sure it wasn't a bunch of single dudes watching that video. It was a bunch of moms and dads with kids of a similar age. And it created that relatability. But Fast forward to when TikTok came out, you know, my, that same daughter who now is, you know, it was what, 2019-ish, uh, when she was bringing it to me saying, dad, you need to do this video with me because I want to go viral. So she was just using me as her, you know, his, her, her goofy dad. And I, you know, I, I kind of scoffed it off. I'm like, this is stupid, whatever. And this kind of continued on over a period of six months. And I was like, Eventually, I was like, this is interesting. I'm kind of enjoying this. And I kind of see how I could actually use this because at the time, it was like 15 second videos. I see this as a potential tool for real estate. And, and that's, you know, that's the field that I talk to. And, and so I started to talk about it on stages. I, start, I got my own account. I forced my daughters to teach me how to use the app. And I quickly was realizing, wow, this technology is so far advanced. It's so much more advanced than Instagram, Facebook, everyone. And so I started talking about it. I started using it. People called me an idiot. They're like, this is an app for young kids. And again, fast forward a couple more years and I went from idiot to genius when the app really took hold. <laughs> it, it really did help my, my status and, and you know, kind of my authority on this stuff. But what caused us to found Drunk on Social was because of that, that kind of process. So Tristan and I, and it's, it's actually pronounced Almada, but yeah, I said the same thing for years. I, we, we just enunciate and pronounce Ahumada because that's how it's spelled. Mm -hmm. Sorry for the digress. But, okay. but um, we were sitting there asking ourselves back at, right at the beginning of COVID, uh, probably February-ish of 2020, and we're like, damn it, I wish I had known about TikTok sooner. I wish I had embraced it sooner. And because I'd probably had gone viral because the early adopters tend to be the ones that reap the biggest rewards when it comes to this kind of stuff. And so we started to do our own homework. It's like, do, is there an aggregation platform that talks about what's coming on social? Teach us about what's trending, what's working, how we should be using it and come to find out there isn't. And so, you know, we found specialists on YouTube and specialists on Facebook and all these different places, but no, nobody just aggregating at all. And so we thought, well, let's just build it. And if nothing, if even if nobody cares, we're going to do it for you know for selfish reasons. It'll allow us to stay hip to paying attention to the news on social, paying attention to the things that are happening, following the right accounts, and uh, and here we are. And now, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just a I'm a practitioner. I test it. I I am pushing the buttons every single day. Social media has had a massive, profound growth effect on our businesses. And now that I've really dug in and study it and pay attention to it. I see that the future of our world is going to be completely controlled by this. And so I'm all in. Yeah. Now, and it's obvious to me based on the the training that I went to that you did for the Masterminds Metro East, actually about six months ago, back in January, 
and uh, we're recording this of June of 2023. By the time this comes out, <laughs> you'll be seeing hearing this probably August. But the the information was absolutely brilliant in helping people to break down because there are so many questions around the even just what feels to you and I the basics of social media. And so one of the things you brought up that I continually refer back to because I, I still have my notes from that are the is the five pillar philosophy. I mean, that's just can we dig into that and help people figure yeah. learn this piece so that they can understand that? Yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great point. And and usually and you were there and, and obviously that that presentation has evolved even in the last six months. But the way I typically started out is I kind of talk about where the future is going. And we talk a lot about AI and virtual reality and artificial intelligence and 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 augmented reality and all these things, right? And then I digress back and I say, okay, now that we've discussed this and we've discussed the data and the statistics of where people are spending all of their time and social is now television. This is where people spend their time. And and it's in fact, it's way better than any marketing means that have ever existed in the history of mankind. Why? Because it's potentially free uh, because you can do use it for organic growth. And but I always tell people, I say our audiences, OK, now that I've got you convinced, now that you, you're believing, where do we go from here? And I say, most of you are going to walk away from this presentation tomorrow. You're going to be convinced. Many of you will shoot a video right here, right now. Some of you will get in your car. You'll shoot a video and you'll post it because you're inspired. And then tomorrow happens and, you know, your dog shits on the floor. Your kid acts like an asshole. Uh, a number of things. You spill your coffee. Whatever happens, life happens and you don't post because you're just pissed and something happened, right? Or, or your, your creative juices aren't flowing. And I say, that's where you've got to backtrack a little bit and you have to establish this cheat sheet that are your content pillars. And that's exactly what it was for me. It was a post-it note of, of just bullet points reminding myself, okay, what am I doing every day, every week, every month that I could be documenting and sharing and get out of my own way, stop overthinking. I was always, I'm a Gary Vaynerchuk disciple. I was always watching his stuff. He's telling me to post seven times a day. And I'm like, you're high. I can barely post once a day, right? <laughs> And so, and I think everybody feels the same way. And so yeah. I was always trying to like challenge myself, how can I be posting more? And so I, I established this cheat sheet and it was just things like, all right, I'm, I'm a business owner. These are my businesses. Uh, I'm now a social media, you know, and video expert, if you will. And there's that. I, I'm a family man. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Uh, we travel a lot. So those are things I could be sharing. I like to golf. I have bird feeders and I fill them up pretty much every day and I'm watching them every single day. Little stupid things like that. I go to the Lake of the Ozarks. I'm into fitness. I'm into, you know, we were into testing out diets and it's like the things that I would be doing if social media didn't exist. Mm -hmm. and, and so I had to remind myself because I always get people in every audience are like, well, I'm boring. I don't do anything. And I've never had anybody challenge me that I couldn't tell them like you're actually, you, maybe your life isn't like Kardashian style, or it's not as exciting. You're not traveling and doing all these things and playing pickleball like me. But perfect example was I had a lady raise her hand once. This was in Atlanta and she was a part-time realtor, full-time nurse, single mom. She's wow. like, I ain't got no time for nothing. Like I wake up in the morning and get my kids ready for school, get them off to school, go to my day job, come home from my day job, help my kids get their homework done, make dinner get them off to bed. If I have time, I might watch shows. I might work on my real estate business, you know, whatever. 
and I don't have time for anything. And I said, I said, you see, what you just described was a normal life, mm-hmm. a common life. There's so many probably single mothers that can connect with you. There's so many people working two jobs in this, in this world that can connect with you. I said, all you got to do is document it. And now make the time to post it and share it and talk about it. Talk about your wins and losses. Talk about when your kids are a struggle. Talk about when you have your wins. Talk about the little hacks that you have for their snacks. Talk about this kind of stuff. And I said, you're going to find yourself connecting to people who live in the same shoes as you that have no reason to post, but want to follow you because it makes them feel normal, regular, right? And I said, that's where the rubber meets the road. And guess what happens when you sprinkle in that you sell real estate? Guess what? They're going to be so, have such a strong bond to you. They're going to ultimately use you. And that's kind of how it works. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because, you know, side story here, but still totally related to what you're talking about is, you know, I have two young kids. They're 10 and 14 and a half right now. And when they were young, really young, I, I started treating Facebook as their baby book because I could not remember to take the pictures, get them printed and put them in an actual baby book. So I was like, fine, since Facebook has this memories thing coming up now, I'm going to start documenting all the things here on Facebook. And anytime they said something cute, did something cute, I put out there, you know, I had this, I guess, series of posts that I regularly did, which was News of the Cute and News of the Cute 2.0. So News of the Cute was my oldest kid. News of the Cute 2.0 was my second kid. And so anytime they said or did something cute or silly or whatever, or if there was a cute picture of something they did, it went on to that series. And what it was, I was doing it selfishly because baby book, what I ended up finding out later was I would go to business events and people would be like, oh my God, I love your news of the cute. It's the, it's the most adorable thing. I love every time you do it, keep doing it. It's, it's awesome. It makes my day. It makes me so happy. And I went, oh, people are paying attention. Huh. Okay. Cool. So it got me paying more attention to my kids. <laughs> so it was this <laughs> great thing that got me more involved with my kids because I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do more of this baby book stuff because other people like it. When I thought it was just about me, I was like, oh God, I'm clogging up other people's feeds. Yeah. But they freaking loved it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what also then got people involved in my other posts then that were more business related. Bingo. So. Bingo, which, which I'm glad you said that two things there, the, the, the last part, which was the algorithm mm. and, and so, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm actually going to jump back. So we're going to go to the algorithm, but first you said, do people really care about me? Do people really care about what I have to post about? That is the most, one of the most common objections I always, always hear. And the reality is, is simply this. If, you know, let's just say you're a teacher or you work in, a, in an industry where you have no reason to promote anything, right? You, you show up to work, you get a paycheck. That's fine. You don't need to post. That's a consumer. But if you're in a business, which I think everyone listening to this has a reason uh, to, to post onto social. And if that is your mindset, well, imagine if Nike had that mindset, Coca-Cola or Pepsi had that mindset. Any product that essentially has hacked our lives because they're good at marketing, this is the same concept. The difference is, is that now we're in a world, especially depending on your business, where you, the human, is maybe the product, especially, you know, in my world, it's real estate and mortgage. It's, you know, a 30-year fixed mortgage is a widget. 
we're all selling the same product. Yeah. Uh, a real estate agent is selling the same product. It's a matter of it comes down to you, the human. And I think for most of us, that's ultimately what we're selling. And so if that's the way you think, get over it right now, because you are going to have a steeper hill to climb. You've got to get over the fact that people don't care, uh, you know, that, that you think people don't care what you have to post. You'd be surprised because here's the reality back to the algorithm is why do people open social? Stop there. And I'm going to pick on my industry for a second, Jenny, because mm -hmm. real estate is the worst marketers on the planet. They spam like no other. When I ask an audience, give me one word to describe used car salesmen, the most common word that comes up is slimy. That's just a historical thing that we just have this feeling about used car salesmen. It's, it's probably unfair anymore because the, the industry's changed. I, if I ask a 25-year-old today that has no ties to real estate in one word described to me a real estate agent, I'm going to bet you this is a similar word, slimy. Why? Because if you go look up real estate agents on social media, all they do is inundate you with their business. It's very self-serving. It's all about selling, 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 selling. And when you think about why social media was created, it was not for selling. It started, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move past MySpace and move to Facebook. And why was Facebook created? So college kids could stay connected. They all went off to school. They lost connection. It was for them to stay connected. And then Instagram was created because all of us boomers infiltrated Facebook. And so the kids wanted to move over to something different and people wanted more aesthetics. And so they wanted pictures. And then, you know, and it's just continued to evolve. But the premise of social has never changed. It's a social place to go. It's now become entertainment. It's maybe a place to be educated, you know, think YouTube. But at the end of the day, there's a reason why we have do not call lists. There's a reason why we have spam blockers. There's a reason why TiVo became so popular, right? Because we didn't want commercials. We don't want to be sold to. And so why is it that we think that we, when we open up social and we're going to start posting for our business, that's a good idea. It's a terrible idea and nobody gives a shit. And so ultimately... When you go back to the algorithm, it's a matter of doing exactly what you did, Jenny. It's putting out content that actually either connects with them, entertains them, you know, whatever it is, because that's what they're going to resonate towards. And then once they've engaged with you, the algorithm starts to take notice. Oh, Jenny liked Jeff's post. They must have a connection. I'm going to show Jeff's next post to Jenny and put it up on her feed. And that's the name of the game. And so you fill your feed with stuff that gets the attention and then you sprinkle in your business. So it is still a drive-by. They're not going to engage it. They're still not interested, but they're going to see it. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the key here. And so I, I, I hope that makes sense. That, does that make sense how I describe that? Yeah, no, I definitely think it does. Because, and especially now, I've noticed maybe in the last few weeks, Facebook has even added in a feature where depending on how you're engaging with a particular person, they will ask you, do you want us to show more posts from this person or yeah. show less posts? Like, so now people can actually train the algorithm by hitting a button to show more or show less. So the more engaging content you put out there, the more entertaining content you put out there, the more connecting content you put out there, the more people are going to hit the show me more Jeff, show yeah. me more Jenny. Show me more Susie, whoever's listening to this. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know, show me more Matt. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Kind of thing. So getting that information out there is and 
making it relevant to you because then it also attracts in the people who are like you. So to bring this back to the content pillars. So what I established after you talked about that was one of my content pillars is what I call my alphabet soup. LGBTQ, ADHD, BDSM, any of those three things, they're all letters. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So they're all part of who I am. They're all part of my life part of what i talk about so i i will bring up content that's around those things and so alphabet soup is my it's so i'm like okay i haven't printed about i haven't done a post about alphabet soup recently so which which flavor of alphabet soup am i going to talk about today yeah you know and that's really been helpful for me in creating more relevant content for me and resonant content for the people who are attracted to me because of they also fit into one of those alphabet soup categories. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And that's, and that's, then you're, that's dialing into niches, which mm-hmm. is ultimately where we're all going with it. But back to the pillars of content, you know, it, the thing is, is, is most, if you talk to a social media coach, which I don't even really know what that means. I mean, I guess I am one, but at the end of the day, there is no such thing as, as a formal education on this. So it's, it's um, you, you really need to find people that you can learn from that are practitioners. That's, my, that's a, it's a big thing for me that I tell people because, and I've lived it myself because I've learned the hard way. Uh, because I, I followed people or, or chose to buy a product from someone who was probably just a great salesman, was very eloquent. But at the end of the day, I found out they were frauds on social. And, and, so, and there's a lot of them. And so I think, what you need to really focus on is, you know, learning and following people that are preaching this stuff and teaching you something, but also are the ones pushing the buttons and they practice what they preach. And it's not about how many followers they have necessarily, because you can read through the lines. Somebody's got a million followers, but they're only getting 500 views on a post. That's clearly that they bought their followers. And, and so you, you've got to, you've got to be cognizant of that as you're kind of going down this journey, uh, because there's a lot of posers now in this space. Mm, that is that is great to know. I love yeah. that little indication because those are something that you can look at pretty closely. Yeah, yeah. It's all I public. Mean, you can usually tell somebody who was successful before social. And usually those people are the ones that, you know, they're already successful people. They don't have a reason to get into their phones and pushing the buttons and knowing how to use the features inside of these apps. And so a lot of times their content is muddied with, you know, just clips of them speaking. Well, clearly they're already successful. They're standing on stages, they're speaking, they're doing these kind of things. And that's what their entire content strategy consists of. And the reality is, is that's not probably going to go viral. It might for one or two people, but if someone's viral based on that content strategy, they basically bought it. They're just mm. hacking it. They're just paying money for it. And I'm not saying what they're, what they're teaching isn't valid or legit, but, you know, again, you got to pay attention to, you got to pay attention to those little indicators and back to the, to the niching down, which was the point of me kind of explaining this is that, yeah. uh, so social media coaches will tell you, you need to find your niche and you need to go all in and they're right. But here's the part they're leaving out. They're right and they're wrong. When If I'm talking to somebody who has not had any social presence or not a consistent social presence, especially not for their business or you know just in general, and that's most people, and if I tell you to go niche down, that's you deciding what you want your content strategy to be about. Mm-hmm. 
But who really should be deciding what your content strategy should be about? Your audience. And so when I, if, when I jumped into social, and if I jumped into social today, and, and, or you, know, you go talk to a real estate agent or a loan officer, they want their niche to be their business. But then six months, they'll come back to me and say, well, this doesn't work. And I'll be like, it's not that it doesn't work. It's that you're not doing it correctly because you niche down on something that your audience is telling you by their lack of engagement that they're not interested. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to find your content pillars, which effectively means throw shit up against a wall and see what sticks. And so you have to do this for typically a year or two, maybe three years of just throwing shit up against the wall, which is why I say document your life, because I'm not trying to ask you to create more work for yourself. I'm, try- I'm asking you to document more often, but you're doing what you're already doing. So just document, share it with your audience and do it consistently over time, see what sticks. And that is exactly what's happened for me and and some of my content pillars and why I've gone all in on them because my audience said, we want more of this based on their engagement. And it works. It works if you do it effectively. Then you niche niche down, then you narrow down. Yeah. Um, But that's that's how it works. Absolutely. Which that particular thing kind of, points me to the TikTok piece uh, yeah. because when I first downloaded TikTok to my phone, it was, uh, I think I first downloaded it in like May or June of 2020 because by that point in time, I was, I had already Netflixed all the things. I had Hulued all the things. I was like, okay, I've seen everything on Facebook and Instagram. I need something else to do. I've, I've timed out of everything, right? Let's go see what this TikTok hubbub is all about because I was starting to hear about it. And even though, yes, I was in my early 40s, I still went ahead and downloaded it anyway. And it was really funny because interestingly enough, back to my kids, my oldest saw me watching videos on it for a long time. And one day comes to me and goes, mom, you know, you can actually make videos with TikTok, not just watch them. (laughs) And, And I I said, thank you, honey. Yes, I, I am aware of that. Here's why I'm just watching. Because I wanted to see how are people using this? What kinds of people seem to be getting popular and going viral? I wanted to see the type of content that was seemingly popular, right? And then I started making my videos and playing around. And it was just on a personal account. End of 2022, I finally made a business account on TikTok but almost every video I made between 2020 and 2022, and still to this day, majority of the videos I make on TikTok are just on my personal page for fun. Yeah. It's my fun place. I sometimes sprinkle in business because it's a part of my life. Yeah. But it's fun, you know, for me. So it's that kind of thing. So what is your take on having multiple platforms? Because I know a lot of, you know, I have Facebook, I have Instagram, I have TikTok, I have LinkedIn. I do not have Snapchat. I mean, I do just so nobody can take my name. <laughs> I don't have it for business. I just have it so no one can be me. Same with Twitter kind of thing. So what's mm-hmm. your take on multiple platforms and where people should spend their time and effort? You should start with one so you don't overwhelm yourself. And as you know, and I probably said this at the you know, when I, when I talked at your, at that event mm-hmm. was I recommend Instagram as a cornerstone platform. And the reason why is because now you automatically get to kill two birds with one stone. Now you can go, it goes both ways. So Facebook owns Instagram. 
So you can post to one of those platforms and it automatically, you can set up your account to automatically post to the other. Why not? You should definitely be multiplying your content as, as many places as far as wide as possible. So if you're just getting started, I, the reason I recommend everyone's on Facebook. We already know that, especially if, if you're older than 35 years old, you're on Facebook. Maybe not if you're younger than that. But the reason why I suggest Instagram is because Instagram versus Facebook is a far more innovative platform. So the platform has more tools. It has more tech. It's staying more up to date. It's basically a copycat of TikTok. And so it forces you to become a better creator because now you have to live in the world of all of those buttons and learning and learning how to, 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 to shoot the various styles of videos, maybe using a green screen effect or doing a remix or all these different effects that you can use within the app that Facebook does not offer. And so now, it, it, again, it's going to make you become that better creator so that when you are creating content and you're automatically posting over to Facebook, it's just going to be of a higher quality. It's going to be more in the trending category. It's going to be something that uh, you know, is, is, is just going to force you to stay quote unquote hip. And frankly, that's what you need to do if this is the avenue that you want to go. If, if you don't like you know, cold calling for business or door knocking for business or doing all of the things that, are, that still work, but they're much more antiquated and are kind of fading with the younger generation saying, stop bothering me kind of mindset, then, then this is the route to go. And so, that, so to answer your question, you start with one. I recommend starting with one that automatically feeds the other. So that's Facebook or Instagram. That my reasoning I gave why I would start with Instagram. But then once you build that cadence, once it becomes muscle memory, now you start sprinkling that content other places. Because most of the content you're going to be creating on Instagram is going to be already be optimized for TikTok, optimized for YouTube, YouTube Shorts. And you can sprinkle that same stuff over to LinkedIn, usually more business related on LinkedIn. And then Twitter is, you know, anything goes. So it's up to you on which platforms you want to use personally. I'm Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I don't spend as much time on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, I sp my focus is these top four. If you're, if you're not watching this, there's, there's the logos behind me. But that's where I spend my focus. It's Facebook, it's Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Not in that order particularly, but um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it, that makes sense because you're also in the video world which if people are just now starting to get into doing video, YouTube is not a place where they're going to want to spend a lot of time yet. You know, start where your audience is. I mean, I'm, I know my audience is mostly on Facebook. We've what now officially hit what 2 billion accounts on Facebook or something like that. So yeah, probably. literally a quarter of the world is on Facebook y'all seriously, numerically a quarter of the world is on Facebook. So yeah, there's a really good chance that your audience is already on Facebook. And because, like you said, Facebook and Instagram are both part of Meta now. Mm -hmm. They own yeah. each other. They're with each other. You can reasonably assume there's almost as many Instagram accounts, if, if not more. And it's growing, for sure. But yeah, I definitely connected the two. <laughs> because yeah. I... Why not? Yeah, why not? It makes yep. perfect sense that you can cross-post cross anytime... Yep you've got an image on Facebook to push through to Instagram. So, Well, and if, and if I can comment one too, because a lot of times somebody might be thinking right now, well, I don't want to annoy my audience. So if I'm posting it to Facebook, why would I also post it to Instagram or vice versa? And the answer is most humans spend most of their time on one platform. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not going, they're probably not even going to see it on the other platform. And here's the reality newsflash. Most of your audience isn't seeing your posts anyway. 
Uh, about 10% of our audience actually sees our content because it's just, it is diluted. And that's why consistency wins. And so stop overthinking that you're going to be annoying people. You're not. This is the most non-invasive way. And it's funny because people that typically will say that to me, if I ask them what they do do for business in terms of like prospecting, many times it's picking up the phone and calling them. It's texting them. It is going knocking on doors. And they think that they're invading privacy on social. It's like, no, 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 no. You are knowing the shit out of people doing things the way you used to do it. It's just the way you've always done it. So you think that that's acceptable. But the reality is, is that you should be cross posting and posting as many times as you want on social because the worst thing that's going to happen is they scroll past it or maybe maybe they say, stop showing me so much stuff. But if you're putting out good, relatable content, they're probably not going to do that because they're going to actually like what you bring to them. And so unless you're, unless you're constantly spamming them, selling them stuff, or unless you're talking about a controversial topic, you know, politics, maybe religion, if you're not doing those things, the odds are they're not going to unfollow you. They're, they might scroll past you, but every once in a while, you're going to grab their attention. You got to look at social as a digital billboard. You know, how much money have people spent? And I, I'd be curious, even just with your audience, like how many of you have bought a billboard in the past? In my industry, it's common. Real estate agents litter billboards, attorneys litter billboards, and they're probably paying, you know, 500 to 1500 bucks a month for that billboard. And, you know, it's so limited. It's only people that drive by that certain highway. Mm-hmm. It's, it, there's, there's, there's no context. It's just a name, maybe a tagline and a phone number. And, and so when you think about the difference between a, a real billboard and a virtual, the digital billboard, it's so much more powerful because now on social, it's the same drive-by. You're driving by every day. You know, maybe you're not watching my stories, but you're seeing my bubble. Maybe you're not watching my post, but you're seeing my name. Mm-hmm. And the, one, the, the few times that you actually stop to watch something, now there's some context and there's tonality and maybe something that's, that connects us. And you can never get that from the billboard that you've paid thousands of dollars for and the only cost that you're probably putting into social is your time. Yes, you can boost posts if you want, but yeah, it's a, it's a digital billboard. And I think a lot of people completely lose sight of what it is. Right. No, and I, I think that's a really great way of thinking about it is you put the stuff out there and hopefully people see it. But the more entertaining you make it, like the better the billboard is, the more likely people are to slow down and really the key is can you get people to stop the scroll? Yeah. Can you can you get them to stop the scroll long enough to react and comment? Right? And yeah. the holy grail that I hear from the multitude of social media trainings that I've gone to just for my own business, the holy grail is shares. Can you get people to share your stuff? Yeah. You know? And so that's that right there is just gold knowing those things that, that you've provided for us. So Jeff, if somebody wants to connect with you, well, first of all, so yes, we want them to connect with you. Where should they connect with you? Yes. Yes, connect with Jeff. <laughs> no, I said guess. Guess oh, where guess. they can connect with me. Yes. Yeah, right. Oh, that's Social right. media. Social yeah. media. Everywhere on social media. I mean, you can find me by my name. Uh, so it'll be in the show notes. It's probably on the, you know, wherever you're listening. Mm-hmm. I'm everywhere. So uh, more specifically, Facebook and Instagram are the better direct message platforms. You can always DM me if you have a question that you, that you got from this or you thought, you know, I, I want to ask a follow-up question, shoot me a DM. I will respond and tell yeah. me where you, tell me where you, you heard me or, or, or found this at. And 
Uh, if we're not friends or we're not following, it might go to my spam box. It might take me a little longer to, to find or notice that it's there, but I will always respond. And so, uh, yeah, that that's the best. So Facebook or Instagram. My TikTok is now dedicated to geographic area and it's working really, really well. It's dedicated to the Lake of the Ozarks. So for those of you in the Midwest, you're familiar. You'll still find me by name, but that's it's also called Lake of the Ozarks Lifestyle. And um, YouTube, same thing. So, I, I mean, I'm spread all over. I've got a lot of different, uh, you know, kind of things going on on social. But if you just look me up by name, you'll find me and I'm easy to, easy to connect with. Absolutely. And for my for our regular listeners, the Badass Crew, you know to check the show notes for all of his links. So pick your favorite place, connect with him there, follow, like, and send him a message if you enjoyed what he had to say about uh, about social media today. And you also, Jeff, have a fun gift for our for my badass crew here. So people who are listening, tell us about the gift that they can get if they go click the link in the show notes. Yeah. So when, when I speak, I always have my, my VAs put together a slide for me, you know, a Q with a QR code and stuff. So in this case, it'll just be a link. But, um, the, the one that we currently have running is, uh, it'll, it'll, will put you into, it'll ask for your email address. So we, you know, obviously we're going to, we're going to add you to our newsletter, which we put out a couple of times a week, but what you're going to get uh, when you click on the link is you're going to get a list of about 400 plus uh, various trending video and audio sounds from TikTok and Instagram. So this is just trending sounds that you could that you could basically go use for yourself. It's just ideas to help spark some, uh, some creativity. We've got a uh, we've got a video hook list. So if you if you're familiar with shooting video, you know that. The grabbing the attention in the first one to three seconds is critical. So if you start your videos with "Hey guys" or "Hi, it's Jeff here," you've already lost your audience. And so we we uh, we have a list of ideas for how to start off your videos. Um, we've got an entire guide on how to build a a community page. So whether you want to do a Facebook group or you want to follow my TikTok lead or do it on Instagram, uh, a bunch of ideas, basically a content strategy for for building a community page. Uh, we've got a content calendar. So we put out a content calendar every month. So if everybody needs that inspiration, we have that. And then we've got a couple of our blog posts. Uh, uh, one is about YouTube on boosting on YouTube. The other one is what hashtags not to use. So tons of cool stuff. And that's that's really, uh, Jenny, kind of a, a great example of what we put out in our newsletter anyway, which you'll ultimately be signing up for. And uh, if you want to go check out more than that, you can just go to drunkonsocial.com. We do, um, our most popular product is group coaching. And mm. the reason why is because basically what you and I just did today, we're doing that twice a month. We usually throw a bonus one in there with an influencer. And uh, we're just talking about what's working, what's trending. We usually focus on one topic. And uh, it's it's a lot of people that are usually entrepreneurs that want to grow their business. They don't have the budget to hire a marketing team. They, want, they know they have to do this to themselves. And they know they don't have to go out and find this stuff. And so they can just show up to these calls, ask us questions. It's very interactive. They're always Zoom calls. And we just talk about what are we doing? What's working? What button should you be using? Here's how to do trending, do a trending video with using the CapCut app or something like that. There's tons and tons of stuff. And so that's probably our most popular product. And then we also do some management. We do video editing. We do all that kind of stuff for clients. But um very cool. I love all this information. And it's good because, again, I don't do any of this stuff. We talk social media. We talk about how to be authentic in, in my coaching. But I don't teach social media because it just moves so quick. Like something yeah. I say is true today is not true tomorrow necessarily. So true. It so moves true. so quick. 
So I always try to point people to the people who are keeping up with all of those trends. And that's someone like you, Jeff. So thank, thank you, you for sharing your expertise here. I really appreciate you. You are awesome. Thank you. It's very kind. Oh my gosh, guys, make sure you click on the show notes. And if this is your first time listening to the show, all you have to do to get to the show notes is click on today's episode on your phone. As long as you're not driving, scroll down below Jeff's picture and you will see all of the links there, including the link to connect with all of those resources that Jeff told us about, uh, all those trending things, all like all the options and to be able to connect with Jeff himself through all of his social media links and badass crew stay tuned because you know how this goes there's another badass episode on its way thanks for listening to the badass direct sales mastery podcast with your direct sales dom jenny bellinger why are you waiting to go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com don't make the dom get her whip if you enjoyed this episode make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.